0: Hello, welcome back to Flat White Chats. I'm Robin James, sat in my new very echoey studio. I've just moved in here and I've got absolutely no furniture. So apologies for this sound. Um, It also gives me an excuse for why I've been so MIA on this podcast. I'm so sorry. I actually am sorry. I really enjoy doing this. So when I don't do it, it kind of hurts my heart. But I am back. I'm back with a new episode with my friend, Nick Speller. Now, Nick is, uh, I mean, you are here but he's a total expert in the world of influencer, essentially blogger, YouTuber, Instagrammer, marketing. He's worked with all these different people. He's worked with the brands too, but he's also looked at the other side of this, almost like the fraud behind it. You know, people buying followers, people using bots, all these sort of dirty tactics, which I'm really, interested in. And actually, this is what Nick's going to be talking a lot about. I should say, I actually sent Nick a really panicked uh, WhatsApp saying, God, Nick, I've not even done this. And you know, there's been all these changes with Facebook. And he said this, I was going to put it into my own words, but I'm just going to do a Nick voice. With the recent changes to the Instagram API, it might seem that a conversation about Instagram bots was now redundant. However, Despite Instagram's best efforts, the bots still persist and the discussion about their impact is still as pertinent as ever. Okay, there you go. If you're on iTunes, make sure you press subscribe. If you're on Spotify, then make sure you follow and always as ever, five stars. Okay, here we go. Nick Speller, Flat White Chats. Nick, welcome to Flat White Chats. Hi, thanks for having me on, Robin. You're very welcome. Um Nick is sat very casually. Actually, Nick looks a little bit uncomfortable, Yeah, I really It's it's kind
1: of I feel like we're on a TV show. I um, actually
0: I actually do know Nick, but um it yeah. looks like this is now I'm I'm actually having a very formal interview yeah. with you. Relax. You can lay out on the on the sofa, or you can sit on the sheepskin shag thing on the floor. Whatever it's fine, you want. It's come fine. To. I'll be more comfortable once I start talking. Okay. Well, we'll get straight into it. Yeah. Um, I have asked you on this because you are on another side of some of the stuff I've been kind of talking about. So, my last few guests, I had uh, Lydia Elise Millen, I had Danielle Pisa, I've spoken to Emma Guns, to Jules von Hepp about sort of social media and sort of flip sides to it. And you work in an agency, yes. And you deal with influencers. I hate that word. Bloggers, YouTubers, everything, brands. And you also kind of on your own platforms talk a lot about followings and sort of changing and manipulating stats. Is that, yes, that is trying correct. to say?
1: Yeah. Yes. So, I think I'm getting slightly well known for talking about particularly Instagram fraud, but the whole influencer marketing space and all of the data around it in general. Um, so yeah, that's a good summary of who I am.
0: But you've also blogged in your time and that's <laughs> how we met. On I a, have blogged in my time. On a yeah. blogger trip. <laughs> yeah,
1: almost, almost. <laughs> almost five, a year ago, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say almost five years ago. No? Yeah.
0: So what do you do, like, day to day in your job? Like, what, uh, what sort of makes up your, like, what even is your title? Good, good point,
1: good point. I am Senior Influencer Manager
0: mm-hmm.
1: at a company called Socialise, which is part of a huge media agency called Havas. Mm-hmm. All very boring. Um, what that means is I work with a whole range of brands on their influencer marketing, from the strategy and the creative side of things right through to booking influencers, mm-hmm. paying influencers, contracting them, helping them meet the brief. Et cetera, et cetera, And then reporting back on how well they've done. As you well know, having been involved in at least oh, one yes. of my projects.
0: And how easy or, or hard is it to find the right people for the right campaigns?
1: Um, it really depends on how much the brand you're working with understands influencer marketing. So some brands will ask for people who literally do not exist and then they don't understand that they don't exist. So they'll say, we want a Peruvian automotive blogger based in Cancun and you're like, uh, great if there's one we'll find him if there's not they does not exist I'm sorry
0: I'm, that is literally a real life example and um, if you're listening to this and you are a Peruvian uh, get in touch. Yeah, get in, touch. get in touch I'll put Nick uh, Nick's social stuff in the show notes but so they literally will just say I want this this and this
1: yes they'll want someone very very and that's kind of it's, it's too much when we work with people who know what they're doing or when we try and educate people it's much more for me about finding the right audience and the right aesthetic so does the influencer match would the influencer and the brand be a good match aesthetically or or subjectly or whatever they whatever they cover however they work it's not always about aesthetics when i do work with uh, when i've worked with people like domino's pizza in the past they're looking for comedians so it's not people who look very shiny and flashy on instagram it's people who are funny but it's again it's does their humor match the brand and then it's does their audience as we have definitely spoken about before does their audience match who the brand wants to reach there's no point working with someone with you know, five hundred million followers. If none of them are in the UK and you're a UK-only based brand and you don't, you know, yeah. ship abroad, etc. So, so that's the starting point. Is you know, is it a relevant audience and is it a relevant influencer? And if we can start on that basis on a project, it makes the project a lot, lot easier.
0: And how much is there a correlation, a relationship between following and the money that someone gets paid?
1: Uh, the bigger the
0: following, the more money you get.
1: I mean, broadly, yes, but reality, no. I mean, as you well know, the influence world is incredibly diverse. Lots of different people at different stages of their lives have had professional careers or not and have different followings. Um, And then they'll charge based on how much they value their time, their skills and their audience. So, when you work with, I don't know, let's say a 19-year-old blogger who's producing content from their parents' bedroom, doesn't really have a huge outgoing, never really had a big job they might have 100,000 followers and they might charge a couple of hundred quid. Someone might have far fewer followers, but they're a 45-year-old professional. They earn X thousand pounds a year anyway, so why would they spend their evenings you know, producing content for the same amount of money? They won't. That's something that brands find really hard to understand because in the rest of the world, when it comes to media buying, which influencer marketing mm-hmm. most certainly isn't, but that's the world brands are used to, the more people read a magazine, the more you have to pay to advertise in that magazine. So it's kind of something that they really struggle to get their heads around.
0: I think you say that brands find it hard to get their head around it, but bloggers and influencers also find it hard. I know that I've gone to events and someone will say, oh, well, we've got about the same following. How much do you charge? I'm like, mate, you produce shit content. Like, I'm definitely getting paid more than you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but still, there is this idea that a number is worth a certain amount of something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's always going to be true. But yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of bloggers and influencers have, never charged or who have never charged for their work always mm. find it hard to price themselves mm-hmm. and then I guess the first price they position their work at is arbitrary but that kind of sets their benchmark and it goes on from there so if they only charge £50 for a post then the next post they'll only charge £50, £60 and it goes up and up based on their following um, but I guess it's, it is it is such a personal thing isn't it, how much do you value your time, mm. your effort, your resource if a post takes three seconds to do and you don't really care about the content output, then maybe you won't charge very much. But mm. if you're one of those decent folks who's very considered about their approach and takes a lot of time thinking, planning, and creating content, even though it's just one post, I'm doing that with my fingers. Mm. No one can air quotes. That. Air we quotes, have a lot of air quotes. Just in one <laughs> post, air quotes. Um, then, yeah, you're, you're gonna, you know, take the time it takes you to produce that post means you have to be compensated for it, so. Mm.
0: And also, I suppose, how much is your audience worth? Because you might have an audience which everyone else has of teenage girls or teenage boys. But if you've got a niche audience, then I suppose that's maybe worth a little bit more. Because yeah. it's the supply and demand, yeah, yeah, yeah. putting it as simply as possible.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, when we work with, okay, I'll give a an, not an example of a project, but of a subject area. When we work with female fashion and beauty bloggers, there are a lot of them out there they, many, many, many of them produce really great content, but when you kind of line them all up with their statistics and their look and their feel and the content they produce, it's very, very similar. So there you're in much more of a buyer's market. So the brand can come along and say, well, we want to work with five of these people and there's 500 of them out there. So it starts to become a bit more competitive. When you're in a, as you said, when you're in a niche area, and I'd say, say YouTube gaming is actually oddly quite niche at the top end there are only a few YouTube gamers who've actually got millions and millions of followers there it's much more of the seller's market because a brand comes along and says well we want to work with a guy with 5 million followers to launch a computer game and there's only 10 to choose from so then then it's not particularly competitive and actually the brand has to really start digging deep into their pocket to get the coverage they want
0: and with the the numbers plus the audience and the pressure to grow we've seen we, me, you, and probably a lot of people that are listening have seen people who have started going and sort of doing sort of, I'm gonna call it like dirty tactics. Dirty tactics, yeah, that sounds a bit odd. In in order to, one, increase the following, and two, to increase engagement. Yeah. Like what's out there? What are people doing? Uh,
1: Everything. I mean, this was always always gonna happen. This this has probably always happened. You know, fudging numbers is something that people and companies have, done a lot, as much as they can get away with, or even more than they could probably get away with, to make themselves seem bigger, better and more attractive to the people who want to pay them money. Um, I mean, sometimes it's not always about money, sometimes it's about the lifestyle as we know. People who have a huge following can get brilliant holidays abroad, can get free car hire, can get this, that and the other, get invited to all the parties. So it might just be that they want to go after that or they want the cold hard cash or a mixture of both. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you name it you can do it. if you want to buy impressions you want to buy likes you want to buy followers yeah I had this discussion with someone the other day someone said to me on Twitter or Instagram I can't remember they were like oh you can fake likes but you can't fake impressions and I was like well of course you can so I did a Google search and I put in Instagram impression you know buying mm-hmm. Instagram impressions and there's at least 10 companies out there who would sell me impressions and you just think in any metric out there you seem to be able to buy at the minute
0: And so someone will go onto this site, they'll put in their username, their password, or whatever, it'll hook it up. You you don't even need to do that for for likes.
1: There are sites out there where you can literally post the link to an Instagram profile, choose how many likes, and it will say, for 500 likes, it's $1, and then you just press
0: buy. And that's it, there you go, 500 likes instantly. But how how easy is it for someone to do to say, uh, so I'm like, I've got 25,000 Instagram followers. Say if I wanted to get to like say 50 like i want to double it how easy is it for me to do that by paying pretty easy it's very easy to do hard to disguise these days because
1: more and more people are becoming aware of it and looking at the statistics but let's say you didn't care about that let's say the ultimate goal is to get that number you could set yourself up with a few bots you could pour money into what's like what's a buying. bot i'm going to stop you. Like, what's, okay, a, what's a, bot? a bot so a bot is a way of automating your account to behave as a human would at sort of all times so it just mimics human Doing air quotes again, human behavior, and by that I mean it will follow lots of people to get follows back, and then it will unfollow them all so that you look like you've got a lot of followers um, versus who, how many you're following. It will comment. We've all seen the comments on Instagram where it's like, "Cool, cool post," and Hot it's a pick. Yeah, and it's a picture of someone's recently deceased dog, and you're like, you know, it's that kind of stuff. It will like, you know, it will do all the things that you would do and do do in when you normally mm. on Instagram, but it will do it for you 24 mm-hmm. um, seven. And I mean, I did an experiment with a free trial on an old account I used to have last year. Um, I had 100 followers on that account, literally no content, 100 followers. Three days, I didn't log into the account. I just let the bot manage it. I was up to 250 followers. Okay, and I had it, this was the free, I'm doing air quotes again. This is the free service. That didn't even need air quotes. It's the free service. So it was like the lightest version. Yeah. So you're like, in three days, without me logging on, I hadn't posted any mm. content. I have gained more than double the number of followers I had. So if I was actually putting out content mm. and if I was paying for the service, I could have that account could be on, you know, tens of thousands of followers by now That's within insane. a year or so. Yeah. And the content I put up could have just probably been mm. total nonsense. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's
0: it's very easy to it's kind of like the The apple in the Garden of Eden of when I'm going biblical here around Easter. And you sort of see something. I know it in when I've looked and when I've managed accounts in my old job in TV, and you would look at sort of following people and commenting. And that's that is a full time job in order for someone to do that. And I know in my own stuff, I've tried that of doing following and also commenting. And actually I just can't be bothered doing that. Like it takes up so much time. And the time you're doing that, you're not creating but there there are guys and girls out there who are still saying that they're doing this very organically but if you say, like I know on Instagram obviously what comes up is you're following and you see kind of who's liked your comments but if you have a little swipe right it's yeah, the yeah, following yeah. so you see how people are engaging with other yeah. comments and you, you see sort of like uh, suspicious yeah. things you yeah. see like groupings of
1: people liking a lot of content at the same time and that content will be bizarre mm. it will be a post hash me yeah, or like two sort of kids sitting on a scooter in mm-hmm. in Indonesia or somewhere, and it's they've liked an account that's got no followers, and it, it, it's just weird. I mean, mm-hmm. it just the bots work on hashtags, so any content that's been hashtagged in a particular way, the bot will go and find and like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, and I don't know why people would want to do that because you can you, know, you can easily uncover it, mm-hmm. and then you do look a bit foolish.
0: And how can someone at home, someone sat here right now thinking? God, I wonder if my favorite blogger is one of these people. How can they see? Um, well, Social Blade is probably the best place to start. Um, and if you go on my
1: YouTube channel, which mm-hmm. is followed by at least five people yeah. and has two videos on it.
0: I will link it. I will link, link it. Social Blade, and I will link your yeah. YouTube video, which I have seen. There is it's a little good. YouTube video
1: where I have an even worse cold than I have today, where I'm explaining mm-hmm. how to use Social Blade to detect a following. It's not foolproof by any structure of imagination. Um, but it is probably the best place to go. Second to that is, of course, using the notification system, as you said on Instagram, to see the people you follow and see what they are following, liking, commenting on. Um, but yeah, that's that's the best place to start.
0: There's been these witch hunts too, like yeah. which is which is ridiculous. But th- like last year, actually, there was a list that went out, and I've worked with some brands who said, "Well, actually, we got a list, and he yeah, was yeah, on yeah. it, or she was on it, and we now won't work with yeah. them." Yeah. Like what like what can that do to the industry and also to people that have maybe been wrongly outed? Yeah. Well it's I mean, it's really hard and it's a sad indictment
1: on our industry really. I mean, I will be the first to put my hands up and say a couple of weeks ago I mentioned the fact that somebody in Australia had gained a following. She had gone from twenty five thousand followers and a consistent flatline of twenty-five thousand followers about a year, she had jumped to three hundred and fifty thousand followers overnight over the course of like three or four days. And I was like, I didn't mention her by name, but I said, this is ridiculous. And how someone done this? And a few people commented and were saying, yeah, what? this is crazy. And a couple of people got in touch and said, actually, I know who you're talking about. And there is a reason why she did that. And she was one of the first people to come up with those Instagram story templates that have become Mm. so popular. And she just put in it, tag me if you use them. And of course it just went viral and it did.
0: And actually I she's up to like 400 yeah, yeah, yeah. she started at 25000 yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like she up jumped. to 400 yeah, it was crazy 000, but and,
1: yeah. she got, she then got in touch with me on twitter and i you know i i apologized and said well look i i didn't call her out by name mm. and i said the the real thing for me is this just shows how sad our in, or how sad it is our industry has become like this mm. that there is no transparency so it is you know there are there are signs but at the end of the day it is guesswork mm. and we can get it wrong but the worst thing about it is the fact that when you see someone who's doing really well you're immediately suspicious, mm. which is terrible, really, because we should be celebrating people who have achieved great things, or you know, gaining a great following, and people who are really interested in their content. But that is being damaged by the fact that we are just assume there's there's people cheating out there.
0: Um, and why does it why does it matter? Like, if someone is cheating,
1: well, yeah, I mean, it's a good point, and I've had that raised. People are going, well, how how else am I supposed to grow on Instagram? And it's like, well, firstly, it, and I've spoken to Instagram about this, it's against their terms of service. So technically, they should delete your account. You you have been, you know, it says in there at least three points, you shouldn't be spamming, you shouldn't be letting automated tools control your account, etc. Shouldn't be doing mass follow-unfollow. So even if you do that manually, you mm-hmm. can still get in trouble. Although I don't really know, I've asked them what they actually do and they went silent on the subject. Um, secondly, I mean, there's, it's a bit, I think I've referred to it once as a bit like being on drugs. Not, not that I have been, but um, if you're an addict, it's like, If you notice people who use them, the minute they stop using them, they're following tumbles. And that's because the people who followed them aren't really interested in their content. If I go and find someone whose content really kind of inspires me or interests me, I've found them kind of organically, and I've given them a follow because I like what I see. A lot of the time with bots, People just follow you because you showed an interest in them, not because they really liked your content. And so I've seen it happen where for some reason people seem to think that 50k was this mystical number you had to get to. So they'd use bots, get to 50k, then turn the bots off. And then within about six months, they're Mm. back down to like 35. And that's a huge loss. It's a massive tumble. So it just shows that you, you're not getting there for, for the right reasons and you're not actually building an audience. And I would argue that your influence, because this is all about, as much as we mm-hmm. both hate that word, influence and marketing, your influence is incredibly low. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just not not achieving it. And that's been borne out by some other statistics I've looked at recently. I was lucky enough to be sent a, uh, some campaign work on a spreadsheet and it showed me people's impressions and I was able to go through and see whether the people have been fraudulent. An impression list. is literally... Someone viewing your content. Right. Yeah. So... Um, and that's a unique... Everyone does it differently. On Instagram, an impression is not unique. Mm-hmm.
0: It is a view. So it could be How many been, times some piece of content yeah. has been seen. So
1: if I saw your recent Instagram post three times, mm-hmm. that's three impressions. I think Facebook call it unique reach is the number of people. So unique reach, typically, is about 80% of impressions. For some reason, 20% of people out there look at all your stuff many times. They're probably your biggest fans. Um, but if you look at someone who's been cheating, been using bots, they typically get about 10% impressions. Mm-hmm. If you look at someone who hasn't, they typically get about 30% impressions. And that's a percentage of their title audience, which I'm, I'm not gonna go into why that's still a bit weird, because obviously you're reaching more people than just your own audience. But it's, a, it's quite, a, quite a good indicator of how many people actually look at your content so it just goes to show that by cheating, you are doing yourself a disservice because you are not reaching the audience that you would hope to reach and you're claiming to reach. And actually, as brands start to look more into this, now because a lot of the cheats are doing this to work with brands, you know, the more brands look into this, the more they're gonna see that they're paying money for an audience they're never reaching. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's a no-brainer for them. They're just gonna stop working with you. Is it not also fraud? Um, I would argue it is, and I've chatted to the CEO AP, who are, confusingly enough, the body who set the rules that the Advertising Standards Authority then follow, and I've said to them, is this not fraud for consumers? Because are consumers not seeing you, thinking that you're a big deal, and then listening to you more? That, to me, is fraud. Mm-hmm. Because you are saying to someone, I am popular, but actually you're not, you've cheated your way there. In America, this all came to a head a few months ago, and I think it's the state of New York are currently ruling on whether this counts as deception. Mm-hmm. And that could have massive implications because deception in America is a hugely punishable offense by like massive fines and imprisonment. And also because of Instagram being a US company and because of the audience being predominantly American, those rulings will have implications around the world. So if they decide that this is deception, they could find a blogger in the UK and say you have accused them of deception, you know, we have a good relationship with America, you could find yourself shipped off to America to stand trial in New York for deception. You know, which is kind of, it sounds really big and kind of crazy, but actually when you think about it, if you're cheating the system and then taking money from brands, knowing that you cheated the system, that is just, that's a crime. And you might think of yourself as just in this little cottage industry, but actually someone someday might go after you. You know, they might start asking questions, they might start accusing you, and they might find you guilty and, mm. you know, you are, if you're taking money, you're a business and you should be operating kind of within the boundaries of the law. So it's, it's going to be really interesting, I think, the next couple of years.
0: I feel like this is also like a film plot. It is a film <laughs> Fast plot, Fast forward yeah. 15 years and all these mega bloggers are being yeah. shipped off. Guantanamo Babes will just <laughs> be full <of laughs> Instagram of, of gorgeous girls yeah. and guys with great bodies. Still doing their stories. Still doing their <laughs> stories. What needs to be done? Does anything need to be done? Like, by, yes. by one, by the audience, two, by brands, and three, by, like, people like you and also the industry. Um,
1: I don't think the audience need to do anything, because I don't think they should have to. I think, you know, we, we have rules, we have regulators for a reason, and that is to protect the audience. Mm. As, an, as an audience member of Instagram, I want to be able to go on there, and I just want to absorb content. I want to look at content. I want to follow people. I want to comment on a chat. I don't want to be there with a magnifying glass trying to detect whether the person I'm interest you know the content i'm interested in whether they're faking their following or not it's definitely definitely for brands to be more aware of because it comes down to finances you know why are they spending money on on fraudulent folk um it's collectively the industry as a whole needs to look at it because you know this could damage the faith in the industry it could damage you know your i mean you personally Mm, it could damage your ability to earn money in the future from the good work you do because people will be like Oh, oh, influencers, Instagrammers, aren't, aren't they just a bunch of cheats? And yeah. you're like, well, great, I've now been tarred with the... Mm-hmm.
0: the I do make crash. a really good cocktail, though, so I so i fine. Yeah, so there you I'll go, you've, you've always got that there, to yeah. fall back on. Um,
1: and for stuff like Instagram, you know, why aren't they doing more? Um, Twitch, which is, if you don't know, yeah. a big gaming platform... They were bought by Amazon and Amazon have now said that they will go hard on anyone who uses bots, anyone who cheats the system, and they are punishing people and throwing them off. They are also finding the people who make the bots and taking them to court where they can. So they're taking people to court in America and Germany at the minute. Obviously the bots could just move out to some country they don't have jurisdiction over, but at the end of the day, because they've put these punishments in place, you feel like the users, the, the, the influencers, will stop using them because you don't want to risk getting, being, get, getting caught. So I don't know why Instagram haven't done that. Mm. I feel like they kind of should, particularly with all this stuff about Facebook data, Cambridge Analytica. It's like they just seem to have another, an, as a business, Facebook has another stumbling block coming up, which is once they've got this out of the way, this could all just come out. And we've seen a few articles, New York Times, Bloomberg, did a couple in the last couple of years. It hasn't really reached that, critical mass, but when it does, if they're not already acting, they're gonna find themselves on the back foot again, and, you know, it's, it's gonna be it's going difficult. gonna implode, isn't it? Yeah. The fundamental truth is that Facebook's value, or Instagram's value to the business is based on how many people use it, mm-hmm. because investors like that, because they go, wow, this is growing really fast, lots of people are using it, we can make money from that in the future, and advertisers like it, because it seems like a big audience. Now, if Instagram's audience was slashed by a third, they would still be huge, but it would look really bad. And that would have a m- massive impact on their value as both you know the market values them, but also the money they bring in from brands. Not only that, even if they tackled that, brands would start asking more questions and go, well, how can we even be sure that you've tackled this fully? So I can understand why perhaps they want to veer away from doing that. But that, to me, is a short-term you know, it's kind of burying your head in the sand mm-hmm. for the short term. Yeah, you're bringing in money now, but the longer you let this go on, the more catastrophically damaging this could be for your business. Mm-hmm. Which would be terrible for all of us because, you know, I'm a big fan of Instagram. You're a big fan of Instagram, you know. There's, there's Come a, and
0: follow me. <laughs> Come and follow
1: Robin. Come and follow me. No. no, don't follow Robin. You've got enough followers. Um, you know, it's a great service. It connects people. Mm. There's brilliant content out there, but it is being damaged by the fact that. You know, it, just even simply you get a new follower and I don't even look at who they are anymore because I just think it's gonna be some bot-controlled weirdo. Like, I'm not interested. And actually that's really bad because there's probably lots of people out there who I could have connected with whose content could have been brilliant, who could bring, you know, an extra percentage point of niceness to my life, mm. but I've just ignored them completely. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that they really should tackle if mm. they're going to survive in the long term.
0: So what's next? Like, is if you had a... A A crystal ball. A crystal ball, yeah. Like, what do you think will happen? See, in like the next... Whenever I have someone in here, I say like, well, what's next for you in five years? What's next (laughs) for this in five years? Where are we? Uh, You know, I honestly don't know. It's so hard
1: to... Social media is so fast moving, isn't Mm -hmm. it? And the bit that, that we operate in, the influencer marketing side, is still this wild west of all kinds of craziness. You know, there's there's... There's great things happening, there's bad things happening, there's everything else in between. And so to try and predict it is really tough. I think, you know, the worst thing that could happen is this could be the next massive scandal for Facebook and Instagram. The best thing that could happen is Facebook and Instagram, perhaps internally to start with, address the problem and start coming up with a solution that sees bot usage reduce over the next couple of years. And actually they have more of a going to air quote here, pure mm-hmm. system that actually you're you're much more likely to have guaranteed, genuine interactions with people. That would be the best case scenario. I can't see there being a middle ground there. I think mm-hmm. it's either gonna be really good or it's gonna be really bad. Um, and if anyone from Instagram or Facebook's listening, you know, come on. Come
0: Get on, Nick, give him, him. Job, <laughs> him <laughs> him on give him a job, pay him on the money. No, I haven't. An and increase my followers. <laughs> Uh, I have a. I have You've an. Got a great I have an job. employer. Yeah. I, uh, I've seen your Instagram stories. you have beer in the office. I mean, what could be a better job? I'm in the office. <laughs> yeah, beer in the office. Beer, beer in, in the office. office. I was like, yeah. I'm in the office. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's where I work. Yeah. Yeah, we have a beer brand on our account. Um, Australia. Oh, yes, yeah. Australia Dam. I do like Australia. They, they sell it in co-op. Four Australia,
0: pack. if you ever want to sponsor a podcast, then <laughs> please do. What, you're gonna, ha- but how would you change it from flat whites to... Well, flat white chats lead on to an Australia, don't they? Straight after you have an Australia... Coffee, coffee and a beer. Coffee and a beer. It's a yeah? new thing. Yeah. No, no, I can see that. Working. I'll speak to them next week. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've definitely given me food for thought, and I'm sure a lot of people will be listening here who are instantly now on Social Blade being like, oh my god, is she cheating the system? Um, There will be people like probably on their own witch hunt. So I would say, everyone relax a little bit, but do hold the people to account. Like, I think it's important to hold people to account. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know. Like, don't call someone out, but I would say. I I don't want to
1: see see mudslinging, do we? No, I I, I do quite enjoy it. I don't call people out directly unless. They follow and unfollow me at least three times. Mm. And then on Instagram stories, I'll just post and tag them and be like, please, because like, I just don't want mm. it. I'm like, I don't want some fake blogger from God knows where. London. <laughs> from London, yeah, that be awful. Like, just following me and unfollowing me. It's like, I'm not interested. Like, bugger off. Um, you know, so don't start the mudslinging. But, you know, you, everyone curates their own feed, don't they? And everyone curates the people they follow mm-hmm. to bring them kind of joy to their lives. Like, have a think about who you're following, check them out on Social Blade and if you see that they're cheating a lot and you've always been doubtful as to whether their content actually brings you any value, then maybe that's a good idea to mm-hmm. unfollow them. Um,
0: and I've done it. I've done it with guys who are in the industry who I go to the same parties with. I'm like, I've unfollowed you yeah. because you're cheating. Yeah. And I also don't like your content. <laughs> and your <laughs> well, free holidays thing. look shit. That's the thing.
1: Well, I have some people cheating and I really like their content and I'm like, oh, it's such a shame. And people say to me, like, people message me and go, oh yeah, yeah and I've never used bots, never would, but you know, Instagram growth isn't as good as it would be and i kind of tempted. And I'm like, firstly, I check out their growth. I had someone the other day say this to me, i oh, Instagram growth isn't good. They're growing at like 15% a year. Mm. Like, that's pretty... That's really good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they hadn't hit 10,000 yet, but I'm like, come on, don't don't sully mm. us up for this. You know, there's other ways, you could do a whole other podcast and how to grow your account. Yeah. Not that I'm an expert with my measly following, mm. but... You know there are other ways to do it, which are much better and going to get you a richer audience. And stop worrying so much about that number. Yeah. Like, what's the point in that number if it's just a load of people you don't know or who don't care about you? You want a following that's
0: engaging and engaged, and you know that that's the way to have true influence. Yeah. Um, and actually, on that note, I'd prefer you didn't do that podcast and you just tell me everything <laughs> that you can. But you know already over, over in Australia Over we in Australia. do that that's on our second podcast <laughs> that's on the second that's podcast that's for the evening this is during the day yeah, the the Flat White, white Chats chat. for the day Australia yeah. evening but uh, thanks very much for coming on Flat White Chats that's quite right I've, I've enjoyed it, it. This, you've always wanted I know you Every, have You always, always since it started about three months ago look we've had about eight of these now so you're, 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 you're lucky really, to you're, be on that sofa you're
1: doing brilliantly they're great listen to all of them
0: they're, they're okay. goodies but thank you very much and um, if you are listening and you've not yet subscribed to Flat White Chats On iTunes, press subscribe. If you're on Spotify, press, not press, ready on that Australia. Press follow. Um, Also, five star rating. I found out that five star ratings really are a thing, they're important. Nick is kind of nodding and like, I don't really care. Uh, Give me a (laughs) five star rating and just say how great this was and that you've listened to this one. But I will see, I always say see. I'm too in the YouTube zone. You will hear me in the next podcast. Bye bye.